This is the websites.ca podcast where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Hello, Canadian website owners. This is Sean Corbett. And I'm Ryan Demeray. Today, we're going to talk about cybersecurity and dealing with trolls on a website. So this topic was actually a question that was sent from a listener. And the exact question was, talk about cybersecurity and dealing with trolls on a website. For example, does it mean that you just have to keep the comments closed? So really, Ryan, I think it's a question in two parts. So we'll tackle it separately. Let's start with security. What are your thoughts on website security? Website security comes up often. I talk to uh, prospects and customers about it regularly. What people don't know is that website intrusion or fraudulent activity on small business websites is an extremely rare thing. Um, We host over a thousand websites across Canada. uh, And with us, the last time we had a Uh, A security breach was two years ago, and it happened on one website. And then before that, it maybe was five years ago where there was actually a real security issue with a website. Um, So, And on the internet, it's blown, as the press and the internet likes to do, they like to blow certain things out of proportion. Um, Website security for a small business shouldn't be a a massive concern, in my opinion. Um, we, We have protections in place. We have website backups that we do for our customers to help protect our customers if they do get um, attacked or if their website is uh, uh, taken down or fraudulent activity happens. We have securities in place to to um, fix a problem if a problem happens. But my my two cents, and it's so very rare that it actually happens. People make it. People think that it happens regularly, or that they're going to be the victim of a website security breach when it it happens so so very rarely, especially in the small business world. Yeah, and I also want to clarify too when when we're talking about a security issue with a small business website, we're not talking about like they penetrated your bank account and that's, you know, they've defrauded you or whatever. Usually what happens is some kind of malware gets added to your website so that it puts a stupid ad on it without you knowing about it. Probably it's like a hacker who wants to generate clicks to their affiliate program or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's just a trickster who just wants to make your website look like garbage and, you know, mess it up. Uh, Sometimes your website goes down. So like like you said, Ryan, it's there's not a lot of it anyway on a small business website. And then when it mm-hmm. does happen, the damage is mostly just embarrassing and annoying. It's not, you know, uh, they you know, hackers got into the FBI and now you have to change all your information because they have your birth date and your social security and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, when we're talking about we have protections against that, what we mean is that we use the most popular website building platform, that's WordPress. Mm-hmm. have the most popular website building platform. That's going to be the one that's attacked the most. Mm-hmm. So you have to cross your T's and dot your I's. And it's really quite simple. What you do is we keep the core of WordPress always up to date. And then we have nightly backups. So that's what I'm saying is it's not, we're not protecting your credit card information because for our small businesses, their small businesses, they don't keep credit card information of their buyers on their site. Uh, so what we're just protecting is the fidelity of your website updates. If the site you know, crashes or goes down or whatever, those nightly backups, you just flick that on, solves that problem. 
um, because you have a managed WordPress host like we have, it is uh, always sort of patching and fixing and attacking bugs or cracks that might appear in the WordPress platform. Mm-hmm. So would you say that's, that's pretty much what our service covers and people don't even have to worry about it from that point on? Exactly. And if I could just uh, elaborate briefly about the, the, the most recent time that we had an actual um, intruder in uh, our customer's website, um, they did go in and they installed some malware on the website. Again, this was about a year and a half, two years ago. And as soon as um, the, the solution for this problem was very quick, once we realized there was a, an intrusion, we were able to go in shut off the website temporarily, restore the website back to a previous version that was prior to the uh, website intrusion because of our nightly backups that we do on our WordPress websites and turn the website back on within the matter of an hour or two, the website was back up and running without the malware installed. Uh, and then obviously we run through a password reset process and try and figure out you know, how did that intrusion happen and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, but it is something that can be dealt with fairly uh, promptly once, uh, if, if it does rear its ugly head. Perfect. And I think to wrap this topic up, it's, it's become popular again, perhaps not because people have been the victims of, of some kind of uh, website penetration. I think it's more popular now because of the popularity of SSL certificates, how ubiquitous that those have become in the last couple of years because of Google essentially... I'm not going to use the word demanding, but sternly asking you to have a website, you know, that shows up secure. So that's the HTTPS at the start of your, of your URL. Um, and again, that was, I don't know, maybe in your opinion, Ryan, but in my opinion, it was a bit overblown. People were quite scared and Google started to show people a couple of years ago, a little warning at the top saying, this site is not secure. And I was just to chuckle at that. Like I'm visiting a blog, right? I'm visiting a blog just to read some news. I'm not putting in my credit card. I'm not filling out a form. I'm not doing anything. And Google's telling me this site is not secure. So what the heck is that warning? And all it meant is that they just, they hadn't got an SSL certificate, which most small websites or informational based websites never needed anyway. But Google got to the point where they said, well, we kind of like every website to have this. So there was um, a transition period where some didn't, some did. Providers like us would figure it out and be able to put a basic level security certificate on every website. And again, that's, that doesn't necessarily mean you can start taking payments on your website, right? There's levels to this type of thing, mm-hmm. but for the average small business, that's all it meant. That's all they needed. No more warning message on Google. And so I think personally, but you talk to more people on the phone than I do about this, that um, the SSL security topic suddenly makes people a little bit more concerned about like, should I have that? What, what do I need that for? Is it not secure? So what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Really glad you brought up this point, Sean, because SSL certificates and, and having a secure website is a very, um, a very popular topic. Talk about it all the time. And you, you hit the nail right on the head. Google made the announcement um, basically prior to 2017, I think the announcement was in about 2017 when they said, Hey, we want the whole internet to be a secure place. So every website should use SSL prior to that. The only time you would see SSL on a website is when they actually processed credit card transactions. If it was, 
Amazon or PayPal um, or something that's dealing with really sensitive information. Um, after that announcement that Google made, everybody sort of hurried to follow suit. And I think the reason why that really took off was because Google also said with that announcement that, oh, by the way, websites that utilize SSL uh, security will get a slight ranking boost right. on the search engines. So that I think really accelerated everybody being like, okay, well, you know, people like to be on the top of Google. And if you're already ranking well, you want to keep those, those high ranks. So adding that SSL um, certificate uh, definitely stirred the, the hornet's nest a little bit on the topic of website security. But what people need to know, yes, it, should you have SSL on your website in 2020? Yes, you should. It's something that Google has made as a standard, um, but is it entirely necessary for your website to be safe to visit and browse? In my, in my opinion, no, it's not because for a small business website, the chances of you being redirected to uh, a different website that's trying to steal your information is so, so low, so few and far between um, that it's, and also almost all the browsers now will warn you if you're looking at an unsecure website. And that's really what, for, for people that aren't in the know of what SSL security does, is it essentially provides a, a, a private connection between you and the website host. So you know you're actually looking at the website you're supposed to look at. Where if you don't have SSL, potentially a hacker or spammer could be redirecting you to a website that looks like the website you're trying to get to, but it could be on a different server somewhere and you know linking you to malware or something bad. Um, but again, the, the actual rates of this happening on a small business scale are so low that it's not something that everybody should be, uh, should be overly concerned about. Yeah. So if you're, you know, let's say you're on the other side of, of the fence, you're just a customer and you're browsing yes. the internet. Mm -hmm. um, you can just exercise some common sense. If you're looking up a local company and the local company website shows up with a little notation in Google saying not secure, you know, and again, it's not, it's not a big warning screen. Like sometimes there's sites that are actually compromised and you get a big warning screen from Google and you try to click on them. I'm just talking about when you go visit the website itself, right by the address bar, there'll be a little uh, warning. I mean, use your common sense. If it's, if it's giving you a phone number, cause you have a, want to call an emergency plumber, you want to order a pizza, right? That's, it seems all in the up and up. If you go to a, a what looks like a local business website and it's asking you to, you know, enter in your kid's last name or your kid's first names and when they were born and your social insurance number and your birthday and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe be a little concerned. Like unless you're yes. applying for a mortgage online, <laughs> probably don't need to enter that kind of information. So it, yeah, you just use some common sense. If you're on the customer side of things, uh, if you're on the business owner side of things and you're wondering about your website, you just to sort of apply everything we've already talked about, um, you should probably get an SSL certificate. Most website providers have them. Like all of our competitors probably have them too. I would, I would hope. Yes. Um, so it's not like we're super unique or special in doing that. It's just, that's become the new baseline. So any decent website provider is going to do it without you having to ask. So it's mm -hmm. not even, you don't even really have to worry about it unless you have a super old site, you know, or provider you can't get in touch with and you're not sure then maybe you should look into it for what Ryan said for the ranking factors and, and all those other stuff. For sure. Cool. So going on to the second part of her question, which was about online trolls. 
I have uh, I have a lot of opinions on this, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first, Ryan. <laughs> Online trolls. Um, a funny topic, uh, scary topic at the same time. Um, really, my my two cents on online trolls is this. Number one, you'll never avoid, just like internet spam, you'll never completely be uh, avoid internet trolls. They're just out there. They exist. And we got to learn, learn to live with them. Um, and my second piece of advice is never feed the trolls. <laughs> um, when you... If somebody leaves a negative review about your business or somebody's trolling you, they want to get a reaction out of you. That's what they, that's their whole purpose for existing. And when they get the reaction out of you, they win. So my advice with, with trolls, if, and when they do happen again, it's not a, for a small business, it's, it's a, a rare thing that, that doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, um, it's something that, don't don't feed the trolls. That's my advice. Don't give don't uh, give them what they want. And to follow up on her comment, because she had given us a bit more. She you know she, she was saying, does it mean you have to keep the comments closed? So I assume she's talking about blog comments. Um, but for the sake of this discussion, let's talk about them all: blog comments, social media comments, online reviews. To clarify, when Ryan and I are saying troll, we don't mean an honest bad review. So if you're in business long enough eventually you're going to get an honest, bad review. I mean, I suppose there's some businesses that just have a perfect record and that's awesome. But I know, you know, we deal with enough people that have we been perfect in, you know, in the 10,000 phone calls we've done <laughs> over the last 15 years or whatever. Probably, no, pro probably there was one day when I had a head cold or something and I was short with somebody and they might've left a two and a half or three out of four stars instead of four star review. Right. Mm -hmm. So, we're not talking about an honest, you know, less than perfect review. You have to own those ones. You, yes. you have to respond to those ones. You apologize, you make it right, uh, show the community that you're willing to talk to them and, and work on it and all that kind of stuff. So like Ryan said, we're talking about people who are deliberately trying to mess with you, deliberately trying to get a rise out of you, or maybe they're just a hater. Um, we have had some customers that we helped them set up their Google My Business account and uh, we we explained that they should try to get more Google reviews. And then one of their competitors went on using a fake name and left a one-star review. <laughs> and it was like a nightmare review, right? Um, and they got really mad and the things like, well, you got to contact Google and try to get it removed, I guess. Um, but anyway, it's going to happen. Like Ryan said, it's going to happen. So you should deal with it. Mm -hmm. I have three sort of different ways. Um, you can definitely ignore them. Like Ryan said, don't feed the trolls. Another interesting thing about ignoring, so if it's a blog comment or a social media comment, I actually think you should welcome almost every comment you get. <clears throat> because if you take the time to write a blog post, you take the time to write a social media post, like they say, right, all press is good press. Who cares if one person wants to come on and say something negative? Typically, typically the, the positives will outweigh the negative. So it's just one more comment. And Google actually likes, Facebook actually likes to see a post with engagement. So even if it's a negative comment, Facebook's still going or Instagram's still going or whatever is saying, oh, okay, this, this post is getting a lot of comments. Maybe I should show it to more people. Now, again, in my example, I'm assuming that you wrote something that wasn't stupid. If you wrote something that was stupid or incorrect or unhelpful, why did you write it in the first place? So you're gonna, for sure people are gonna call you out. I don't think that's trolling. 
But anyway, but if you write something that's helpful and normal and nice and someone comes on there and tries to get a rise out of you, you could ignore it because probably your super fans, your best customers are going to go on and defend you and you don't have to say a thing. And you'll see this with a lot of celebrities, by the way, right? So people love to hate on celebrities online. You know, your hair looks stupid or you suck at singing or you blew it in the last hockey game or whatever. It's not like that hockey star is on Twitter answering people. He's got an army of 10,000 super fans attacking that troll immediately. So I don't know how much that relates to small business, but you can sort of think of it in those terms. Uh, another way you can deal with it is to just delete the comment. Like if somebody writes something super vulgar on your, on your uh, Facebook wall or they come to your website that's, I don't know, let's say you're a carpet cleaner and you have a blog about how to clean the mess of a dog up or something and someone comes online and just writes a bunch of really weird stuff that doesn't even relate to the article, for sure, just delete the comment, right? Um, but for those of you that have the personality for it and the stomach for it, I would suggest that you respond to trolls by trolling them back. Um, and the smartest way to do that is by agreeing and amplifying. So if someone says, you know, you are, uh, they came into your bakery and they didn't you know, and they said, this is the worst bakery in Winnipeg and they're stuck up. And I just wanted a 10 cent donut and they wanted to sell me $6 eclairs. And like, basically the person just makes it obvious that they're a cheapskate and they're upset that anyone would ever make a premium product. And it's a clear troll. Like it's not a bad review. Your staff treated them nice. You just happen to have higher prices or something like that. I think that you have to lean into it in that case. You never try to defend yourself. You never try to insult the troll. You don't say, well, you're broke. You're a broke ass and you can't afford my croissants. You don't say that because that makes you look like a jerk, obviously. But, you know, you could lean into it. And uh, one of the ways of doing that, one of my favorite marketing teachers, Ben Settle, likes to teach you about using trolls as testimonials. So you take the troll comment, you repeat it to people as if it's a badge of honor, and then you build a sale or a promotion around it. So in the stuck up bakery example, you know, you could have a weekend sale, come and try the two good for you donuts, right? Or the toffee nose donuts or whatever, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this is the most expensive and most uh, exclusive croissant in town as noted by this online troll. And then you put his comment. So I realize that a lot of people listening are never going to do that. They'll think it's crazy. But for those of you that that plants an idea in your brain, you need to have some fun online. You need to have some fun running your business. Like it's hard enough every day. If someone's going to troll you and you see an opportunity there, especially if other people are watching, um, like I said before, all press is good press. Take that troll comment, run with it, have some fun with it. Just don't get bitter. Don't attack the person personally. And you can actually drum up quite a bit more engagement and new audience and new customers from it. Love the perspective, Sean. That's awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, it, every industry is different and every industry is going to have sort of their own tolerance for your replies. So obviously take what we're saying um, um, with a grain of uh, grain of salt with, with your industry, because maybe, you know, replying in a, if you're a, let's say a psychologist or something like that, uh, or in a, a more um, sensitive industry, you maybe want to take your reviews and your, and your trolls a little more uh, uh, sensitively, but exactly at the bakery example is a perfect idea. If you're a, um, you know, a, a happy go lucky type of uh, bakery owner, absolutely feel free to lean into those reviews. I think that's uh, an awesome way to look at it. And my, my final two cents on the topic is try not to take the internet or trolls too seriously. There's lots of 
you know, I, I've had many conversations with customers that have, you know, really taken a, a, a negative review or, um, you know, f- a, a weird feedback from trolls on their blogs um, personally, and they get really upset about it. And I, I understand that. But at the same time, you know, there's, it's, it's an unavoidable aspect of the internet and life. Um, and the best thing you can try and do is just, you know, let it roll off the shoulders and, um, and move forward with your day. Yeah, you have to have a thick skin. I mean, nobody is owed a good reputation. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be some bonehead out there who wants to get a rise out of you or who's just a negative person or whatever. Yes. That uh, actually brought to mind, Ryan, this is funny. So once, but, but once a year, we go out to a cheap Chinese buffet style dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you just get the hunger for it. You go and do it. And then you go, oh, that wasn't very good. You know, <laughs> and then it takes about a year for you to build it up back again. And again, no offense if somebody eats Chinese buffet once a week. I'm just, for, for me, it's about a once a year type of craving. And so uh, we were looking at online reviews for the Chinese buffets in our city. And just to give you business owners some perspective here, a lot of, you know, we all like Ryan basically runs websites.ca. I've been involved with them for a long time. I have other businesses that I consult and market for, and we always get inside our own heads. And often we fail to look at things from the point of view of, of our customers. And as I was, as a customer, as I was going to look for the best Chinese buffet in town, whatever that means, I was reading reviews online and every single place had a review that said, you know, dirty, dirtiest place in town, never eat there, cheap food. They try to fill you up on the cheapest stuff. And I'm thinking, well, that's every Chinese buffet is like that. (laughs) I went into a Chinese buffet and the fan wasn't dirty. I would think it was like, it was, yeah, some honeypot operation. Like it wasn't a real place. (laughs) So, you know, most of us, when we're customers, we exercise quite a bit of common sense. We look at the two best reviews and we say, probably the owner's son wrote those and we look at the two worst reviews and say some crazy person or the or the competition wrote that mm-hmm. and so yeah when you talk about troll comments and on and online stuff uh like ryan said you get so wrapped up in it because you get so personal but you take a step back and think like no one cares no one's even barely reading it and the people who do read through like in my example I just chuckle at those comments and i and i don't this is not a helpful comment to me as a customer and i move on to something that's detailed and helpful Right. I'm not looking necessarily it could be positive or negative, but you know, people aren't dumb. We can tell when it's a troll comment most of the time. We don't take it personally. We don't uh, think that that troll is saying the truth and we just kind of move on with our lives. So that's the cost of doing business online. hundred percent. Last thing with this topic, just to kind of fully answer her question Mm -hmm. was, should you turn the comments off? Um, so we're talking about blog posts and, and, uh, should you allow people to comment on your blog posts? I'll throw it over to you after Ryan, but my opinion is no, I don't think you should block the comments. I think you should monitor the comments. Um, and Ryan can explain how with websites.ca we have plugins set up so that it catches most of the spam comments. Cause you do get some spam comments just like you would with a form on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, a plugin catches most of those. So really you just monitor the comments for the one or two that sneak through. You delete those. And like I said earlier, you want to allow the most amount of comments because Google likes that signal as a ranking factor. I don't know if it's exactly a ranking factor, but they say that they look at it as a signal uh, if lots of people are commenting on your blog. So yeah, you might want to take one or two weird ones or negative ones. Um, But what it does mean is you can't put this on autopilot. 
So if, you, if you're going to take the time to write a blog post, also take the time to monitor and uh, approve or disprove or delete your comments. And I agree with Sean. Disabling comments on your blog should be a last resort because interaction on your website, however that may come, whether it's through blog comments, whether it's through social media shares, whether it's through um, backlinks from other websites, any kind of interaction on your website is, is good in our perspective. Um, so, and blog comments, if you get that troll comment in there, one troll comment and 10 um, helpful comments, you know, leave it in there. And again, unless it's really weird or distasteful or something, the nice thing about blog comments is you have the ability to um, purge or remove comments uh, that, that don't fit your, uh, your narrative. But I would say last case, last resort, turn your comments off because a blog is something that should be open for communication. But I completely agree that it requires your attention because if you are, if you're the type of, uh, person to post a blog post and not want to look at the website, not want to look at comments, that sort of thing, then I would say, look, you're probably better off disabling your comments because if somebody leaves a comment, they're going to expect it. They're going to expect to see it on the website the next time they come back. And if they don't see it, then they might say, oh, well, did you, are you not checking the website regularly? That sort of thing. So yeah, as a last resort, turn the comments off. Or if you prefer to be a little more hands-off with the website, you don't want to check into comments or open up that discussion, um, then turn it off. But from an overall perspective, it is a good idea to, to start those conversations and open the doors for conversations on your website. Agreed. Uh, one more thing. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit business.websites.ca, that's B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot websites.ca, or email Ryan directly at R-Y-A-N at websites.ca. Well, it's been a good chatting with you again this week, Ryan, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.